listening to an electrical industries charity podcast. Before we get started, it's important to let you know that we're going to be talking about complex issues which may be triggering, so we hope that you only listen if you feel that you're in the right headspace to do so. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description of this episode's content. These stories and this podcast are unique and personal to the people we are speaking with, and the views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily represent those of the Electrical Industries Charity. So, let's jump in. Thank you for joining me today, John, to share a bite-sized version of your experience. Just by way of a brief introduction, my name is Sarah and I manage the welfare team at the Electrical Industries Charity. For our listeners... John has worked in the electrical and IT industries since his early 20s. He worked in several organisations before starting his own electrical business. John has experienced significant emotional and financial hardship throughout the years. And I asked him to join me today on this month's podcast episode, engaging with the topic of suffering in silence and financial distress. I've asked him to discuss some of his experience, what he has learned, what needs to change, and how the EIC can help. My first question is about financial distress, which results from financial hardship, whereby a person feels unable to cope with the financial pressures they face, which can result in experiences of anxiety, depression, increased use of drugs and alcohol, which can increase suicide risk. Financial hardship and mental illness are strongly associated At the charity, in 87% of our mental health cases, financial difficulty is present. And the impact of financial hardship can have catastrophic impacts on a person's sense of self, autonomy and control. When I discuss these impacts, I like to use the self-determinism theory, drawing on three core aspects of human need. Being autonomy, so feeling as though you have decision-making capacity and control, Relatedness, feeling as though you are close and connected to one another. And competence, feeling as though you're able to achieve a desired outcome. What financial hardship does is it erodes these three core aspects. In terms of autonomy, you feel you have lost your decision-making capacity and control. In terms of relatedness, you feel disconnected. You lose those personal relationships and connections. And competence, You may feel as though you have failed. You haven't been able to sustain sustain a quality of life that you and your family were once used to. John, you have been through so much. Please tell us about your experience of financial hardship and its effect on your mental health. As we've spoken on numerous occasions, um, I lost my business mainly because of ill health and I became unable to make good decisions. I'd lost my way. I wasn't able to keep my eye on the business the way I should have been able to do it. We had a number of customers who were suffering financial problems themselves, went into administration. We lost money. We also had other businesses that we were working with who were linked to uh, businesses and we were subcontracting. Their payment terms were extended way beyond anything we could cope with. And the problems with our cash flow just became 
absolutely ridiculous. And I wasn't able to make the decisions, the correct decisions, because the pressure, uh, it just, it became massive. I, I simply couldn't cope with it. And my, my health, not just my mental health, but my physical health was deteriorating at uh, such a rate. I was, I was collapsing at work. I was having to be taken home. And I basically, I lost control. I wasn't, I was making decisions. But if you ask me now, I, I don't know what decisions I was making. I don't know how I was making those decisions. Um, I don't know how I was existing. I was going to the office early before people came in to try and compose myself, to try and get me work face on. Um, some days I was successful, other days I wasn't. There was, as far as I was aware, there was nothing out there. There was no one I could talk to. I could talk to my family, um, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to put even more pressure on them. Um, and we got, we got to a point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I simply couldn't run the business. John, I think you've raised some hugely impactful points in terms of the human health component. So, you know, not only the, the impact it had on your mental health, but the physical health, um, your family, the lingering feel, feelings of shame. I think a lot of people can relate, particularly now, having experienced the lockdown and COVID and the implications that's that's had on self-employed individuals. Just following on from your mentioning of, and I think we've spoken a lot about this, the loneliness of the experience. So working in a male-dominated sector, we're faced with the struggle of individuals suffering in silence, feeling too fearful and ashamed, as you mentioned, John, that, that, that real raw issue of shame to disclose their suffering and this particularly being in the workplace having run your own business and been in management positions what do you think are the key values and practices a manager needs to harness to support their employees mental health and of course this is this is a big question and you know we've we've chatted about this as well previously but what would what would your thoughts be on that it's it's something that I think is very 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 difficult yeah. in in small businesses. It it falls on effectively a few again a few people to look after their staff and try to build a workplace where people will look after each other, um, but. As you say, it's it's male dominated, and men are not very very good at talking about things like this. Um, but you need to try and in a small business, you need to try and build 
a, a workplace where people are able to talk, are able to come to you with if they have any issues, any problems. Um, and also encourage staff, if they think a colleague's got a problem, to talk to them, to ask them. You know, um, sometimes that's all it takes. You know, just a simple, you know, how are you doing today? Um, it's not, it, it might just be a few words. Uh, you know, I, I like to think we, we, we try to do that. Um, whether I was successful, I don't know. Um, but it is, it's very, very difficult in small businesses. When you go to bigger corporations, I think there's a, an awful lot of work to be done. Again, I think we're getting into box ticking exercises uh, with no substance behind them, uh, and that's no good. It might look good on paper. It's very. It's a bit like the NHS filling forms in. You you are box ticking, but there has to be care and compassion and something behind that. If if someone is struggling and I know from talking to my family that in work environments there's there's it's been so much pressure with COVID and that staff shortages and and people are suffering. But I get the impression they feel as though they're not being listened to. It's not being taken seriously. Um and that has to change. And the publicity that's you know about mental health that's been on the news just recently the Olympics you know yes it's coming more to the fore but there's so much work you know there's no point in saying to someone ring this number because if someone's feeling down they need more than that you know it might be look a, a conversation well it's, which basically where we're saying to people you know there's help there if you want me to sit with you i'll sit with you we can have a conversation there's a number you can ring where we can involve some people and get you some help let's ring that number together let's make sure that you know people at least make the initial uh, approach to get help don't don't leave them to do it themselves because if somebody's not feeling good if somebody's feeling down and feeling depressed they could just disappear into that own little into the world into the depth you know and not not do what they, sh they need to do not reach out for help um and when people reach out for help we've got to make sure it's there um because people are desperate yeah to when someone reaches out there has to be something there for them um and that that is so 
it's so difficult to actually reach out, to actually look for help, to admit that you have a problem. Um, it took me years. I believe I've suffered met with mental health problems and depression since me mid thirties. And I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't I don't think the help was available. But now there is help there. And yeah you, you have to encourage people to you know, to to use it to access that help, you have, but you need to make sure they're doing it. You have to you have to talk to these people, um, and and I think possibly one of the biggest issues at the moment, managers are technical managers more than they are people managers, and, and there's a I think there's a lot of training needs to be out be given to these people to how to manage people how to recognize the problems um there's a, an awful lot of work needs to be done and i th and i think you know in the next well as we come out more come out of covid there's more and more problems going to surface more and more people will 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 suffer and big corporations have a massive massive responsibility to their staff anybody who employs staff has a responsibility to their staff um but big corporations potentially have the financial where um ability to put the right things in place yeah. Yeah, support. And, and I couldn't agree with you more and I think we find this so often whereby there is this conflict between businesses focusing on so hugely the business capital, the profitability and I think even more so having experienced COVID and businesses being so significantly impacted it's being very much skewed towards that direction and you're losing the human value being your, your employment force, your workforce and I remember, John, not so long ago, you said something to me that stuck. You said that it's all very well asking that person, you know, how are you? How's everything going? Is there anything, you know, I can do to help if you are not willing to act? And I think that is so essential to supporting team members and colleagues. You have to be willing to act if you ask those questions. And I think often people ask them, but they're not willing to go that extra step, you know, check in with that person, encourage them to seek help. And that's really, really stuck with me. And I think that is something that really needs to be worked on. If, if you ask someone, how are you today? You have to really mean it. It's not just something you throw away. You have to mean it. And it doesn't, if you look at people, if if you talk to people, if you're a team, you it doesn't it doesn't take long for you to understand how a person's um, doing that day, 
maybe that a little bit down and yeah that happens that's life and sometimes it'll be yeah, maybe something daft you know um, that they used to say you've got out the wrong side of bed but sometimes it's going to be a lot deeper than that lastly final question john how has the eic helped you and if you had a message for anyone listening who is struggling and finds it difficult to ask for help what would it be the eic has effectively kept me alive if my family hadn't approached the eic for help for me i wouldn't be here uh, the help the support that was been put in place and continues to be in place been exceptional didn't know to look for help felt that i could get through it and it needed someone from the outside looking in to sort of say you know i need to get them help i need to reach out and that's what my family did but if you if you are aware that you need help ask for it because this there are some fantastic people out there there are some people who make a difference and the aic made a difference i to, I, i'm not ashamed to say that i don't think i would be here i wouldn't be i would no longer be alive if my family hadn't reached out to the aic thank you so much for your time your empathy and transparency john we are grateful to have had you on our podcast series, raising awareness and providing support to those who might be suffering and even more so giving your own lived experience and insights and reflections on your own experience. For anyone listening who needs support, please do not hesitate to contact our confidential helpline on 0800 652 1618 or email us on support at electricalcharity.org. Thank you for listening. If you or somebody else working in the electrical or energy industries is in need of support, or you wish to donate to the Electrical Industries Charity, please get in touch via email at support at electricalcharity.org or you can call us on 0800 652 1618.